Good afternoon. Welcome to Screen Cleaning. Boy, oh boy, have we got a jam-packed show today. We're Why is be, that, Jeff? Well, we're Nothing be, happened last weekend or anything. Oh, come on now, Cole. Speaking of that, we're going to be digging deep the entire episode. We're going to be digging deep into the Oscars. We're going to be digging deep into board games and arcade games and escape room games. All kinds of games. And we're also going to be digging deep into a movie that is already out, but it was so popular when it came out, we decided we had to talk about it. Well, you decided. (laughs) I decided, and let's just say, one way or the other, you're going to thank me for doing you a public service. I'm excited Mm. to see what it is, but we'll start off with, as we always do, the news. And there's a lot of great news. Uh, well, um, th- there's some <laughs> good there, news. There's some, Don't say great. some news at least. There's news, yeah. and then there's great, great news. We'll save the great, great news for the last. Okay. But the really good news, I, I think a lot of us were skeptical when we heard that they were making a sequel to A Quiet Place. It However, seemed to stand on its own. Why yes, do it second? right? Right. And I hopefully they'll do they'll focus on a different family in a different location and kind of make it like an anthology oh, type of thing. I don't I know. Hope. I really like Emily Blunt, but well, we'll see. Of course we do. But we also really like John Krasinski. That's true. And not to spoil anything, let's just say uh he won't he won't be coming back for the sequel. But unless it's a prequel. He will Ooh. be coming oh, that's a good point. He will be coming back to direct. So we have that to look forward to. We do. Great directorial debut for the guy, and uh, can't wait to see what the second one looks like. Now, let's talk about another sequel that just falls under uh, the news we category. <laughs> um, well, as if any, if any uh, parent is listening, you will know when Hotel Transylvania 4 comes out, because you will most likely be taking your kids to it, much to your own chagrin, I'm sure. But that's all we have to say about that. It does have a release date. It's going to be a Christmas Halloween movie movie. with all the vampire and everything. But let's quote Mm. the great Forrest Gump. That's all I have to say about that. Don't have to worry about it until 2021. It's fine. Will Smith, he's been in our on our show lately, not literally, but he's been in the news on our show lately because of the Aladdin trailer coming out and all that. But now he is not going to be in something that we were expecting him to be in. And not that so is... much a sequel, but a reboot of The Suicide Squad. <laughs> Which is probably for the best, because if you're going to do a true reboot, just start over with the cast, too, right? Except Margot Robbie will probably be there. Which uh, was Will gonna, she? Jeez. It's, it's going to mess with so many people's minds. People are not going to know yeah. what they're going into seeing this movie. I think Marvel has ruined us. Marvel has gotten us used to this tight continuity oversought by Paul Feig. Oh, <gasps> I, I have I have some great news about that later on in the show. OK. The pronunciation of his name. Oh, oh awesome. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so I won't sound like an idiot every time. But <laughs> he's spoiled us. He's gotten us used to being able to track what everyone's doing in every movie when before this comic books just kind of did their own thing. And that's what DC's kind of going back to. I'm OK with it. Will this be directed by James Gunn? Yes, that's Man. the news we had a couple weeks ago. So oh, basically, really? this is the James Gunn, the Suicide Squad. DC is standing there with open arms, welcoming all the people that are exiting Marvel, like Joss Whedon and uh, James Gunn. Hmm. Which actually, we don't know if Joss Whedon is that involved anymore, right? He came to he picked up the pieces of Justice League when he had to. That is a great way to describe it: picking up the pieces. Okay, so now let's talk about the great. 
news. I got one more piece of like Marvel comic book news before you get it. into before another trailer. News. Okay. We got a trailer for Dark Phoenix. Um, after That's true. 21st century, 20th century, 19th century Fox, whatever century we're in, got sold off to Marvel and the Disney Corporation. We were unsure about the status of New Mutants and Dark Phoenix, the two current X-Men movies that were in development and were supposedly done, but then went in for reshoots. Dark Phoenix now has a date. It will be released on June 7th. They have a trailer. It's a real movie. We'll get to see it. There you go. Whether or not it'll be part of the MCU, whether or not the X-Men will show up at the end of Endgame, whether or not any of... Yeah, probably not. For both, but there's still hope. Don't get your hopes up. There's okay. a little bit of hope. Speaking of trailers, can you play this little clip to give people a tease of what we're going to talk about? Ooh. Doesn't that just give you the chills in a good way? Mm-hmm. So it's no secret that Jordan Peele is producing and hosting a reboot of The Twilight Zone that will be on CBS All Access. So millions of people around the world will be signing up for a free trial before canceling <laughs> once all the episodes are available mm-hmm. and then they'll just binge through them as I will. I'll need to catch up on Star Trek Discovery too while I'm at it. Right, right. So now instead of the Super Bowl, instead of just having the Super Bowl teaser, which was pretty cool. Oh, best teaser I've seen in years. Now we have a full-fledged trailer where you get scenes, you get little snippets of all the episodes that they've completed so far, or I, don't, I guess that doesn't have to be true, but it looks good. It looks right, good. and pretty uh, star-studded re- cast. Holy cow. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of comedians in it, mm-hmm. and uh, Adam Scott showed up, and he's going to show up later in the show, yeah. too. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani is in Nanjiani. it. Nanjiani. Nanjiani. Yeah. Love what a him. Greg Kinnear is in it. Man, this show is going to be good, yeah. and I will sign up for CBS All Access just so I can watch and this show. I'm going to catch up on old Twilight Zone episodes, which are on Netflix, I think. Mm. Okay, so speaking of centuries, Cole couldn't figure out what century we're in, and I couldn't quite figure out what century this movie was supposed to take place in. I had to look it up. I think it's like the 23rd century. And we're talking about Alita Battle Angel. The highest grossing movie last weekend. Right. A lot of people saw it. None of us did. Jeff right. So this is a movie that got like right around the rotten range of reviews. I think like high 50s or, you mm-hmm. know, 60. And but the audience loves Loved. this movie. It's like 95 percent, I think. So I thought we need to give this a we need to give this a look see and see if it warrants such a high audience score. So let me give you a, a very fragmented breakdown of the plot, okay? So there's this great war that's happened and it's left the earth in ruins. Practically everyone is an amputee, which requires them to enlist the services of Dr. Ido, who is played by Christoph Waltz. More on that in a minute. And while uh, this doctor is sifting through a junkyard, he comes across a broken cyborg body with a fully functional female human brain. He gives her a new body as well as a name. The name is Alita, the name of his deceased daughter. You come to find out. It's not really spoiling anything. And Alita spends the entire moving – she puts the – she – She starts to decipher who she is and where she came from. And the only way she can really uh, get little visions of where she came from is if she gets into some sort of a battle. So every time she's in a dangerous situation, that's when the pieces start to come back to her. Um, There are hunter warriors who are basically bounty hunters. Uh, They go around 
you know, collecting bounties on all the bad guys. There's also a man pulling the strings who lives in a mysterious city in the sky. Okay. Are you with me so far? Mm. So this movie, I would say, if I had to do the math here, it's half Blade Runner, one quarter Ready Player One, and one quarter part uh, Wizard of Oz. Oh, and it's one whole of a mess. <laughs> so I was taking notes while you were giving me the description. I heard bits of Star Wars, The Iron Giant, and Transformers at okay. least as well. So if, if my math right there doesn't make sense, neither does the movie's plot. And you feel like you're watching a string of deleted scenes. Based on this movie, you wouldn't think that there were three Oscar winners in it. Two of them have won two Oscars, Mahershala Ali and Christoph Waltz. This, I believe, is the second movie in Christoph Waltz's Big Eyes trilogy because Alita has these gigantic (laughs) eyes. He made a movie called Big Eyes as well. Jennifer Connelly also won an Oscar. She's in this. Then there are also two Oscar-nominated actors, Jackie Earl Haley as well as An actor that I will not spoil the surprise because you really only see his face the last few seconds of the movie. But uh, I have no idea how all five of these actors read the script and thought this was a good one to go with. Was the animation cool? Like – it was kind That's... of ridiculous. Hmm. Like it didn't even – I mean Alita looked real. They did a great job with Alita. But like all the you know the cyborg parts and all the fight scenes were just ridiculous. You may want to steer clear of this. Why not go see Green Book if you haven't seen that already? <laughs> it won Best Picture and we're going to be talking more about that as well too. But actually, when we come back, now that we've already dug deep on Alita Battle Angel, when we return, we're going to be digging a little deeper into the world of games of various sorts. And that's up next when we return on Screen Cleaning. Okay, Monica. Right foot bread. Could have played Monopoly, but... No! The game is Settlers of Catan. The object is be the first to build a civilization on this fictional island. What is it like, checkers? Not really. It's a better game than checkers. Uh, Rook to King won. I'm sorry, Frank. I think you missed it. Queen to Bishop three. Bishop takes Queen. Knight takes Bishop. Knight. Do you know what a straight flush is? It's like... Unbeatable. Like unbeatable is not unbeatable. Hey, I know that now. Okay. Will, you're actually. I don't know. Fireball. They have to roll a 13 or higher. Too risky. With this chip exchange, we enter the final phase of the game, which means no more buy-ins. The big blind is now one million dollars. Monsieur Pond, check. Check. All right. Harry, you take the empty Bishop Square. Hermione, you'll be the Queenside Castle. As for me. I'll be a knight. If you wish to leave the game, you must save Jumanji and call out its name. But if you want to know who killed Mr. Body, I did. In the hall. With the revolver. Board games aren't just something to do when you're bored. In fact, they're everywhere and a pretty good source of entertainment now that I mention it. Here at Screen Cleaning, we love all things entertainment, so today we're going to be exploring some new board games. In our neck of the woods, we've got a pretty cool place to do that. It's called Good Move Cafe, and it's a restaurant that's all about board games. They house what I suspect are probably hundreds, if not thousands, of board games that can be played by guests at any time during their stay. So, of course, we decided to check it out. 
An important part of the experience is ordering your meal. So if we sound like we're eating throughout this recording, it's because we are. Even harder than ordering food, though, is picking the games. Okay, okay I'm going to go... Let's look at the games, yeah, people. Let's okay. go. We need some rock'em sock'em. Robots. We need some mouse trap. Where's mouse trap? It's right, Is it right there. there. Okay, <laughs> these are interesting <laughs> games. <laughs> like more fantasy. It's a lot of Star Wars going on. Where are their card games? Okay, I've got three games here. I've got Heartthrob, Boggle, and Mouse Trap. Okay, I have Marrying Mr. Darcy and Clue, and Cole has just Jumanji. Jumanji. We decided to play Jumanji first. It's a good movie, so we figured we'd try the real game, hoping we wouldn't get stuck in the jungle for 30 years. Can I tell you the biggest uh, problem with the movie Jumanji? The original. It's too good. Wh- what? You like it's it too perfect. much? No, 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 no. Robin um, the best. I certainly like the new Jumanji better than the old Jumanji. What? Yeah. And here's why. <laughs> The biggest problem with the movie, the original Jumanji, is that all they had to do was keep rolling those dice. Mm-hmm. Like, and why did they go off and brood and, you know, get the, they should have just kept rolling. Okay, your turn. Now your turn. The go goal of Jumanji is to make it through the jungle to the center of the game. Every player takes one rescue die to roll. One rescue die? Rescue. Oh. We all have to get an axe. Right. Or if time rolls out. Okay. So get ready. Go. I got a. I got an axe. A sword. A tennis racket again. Another sword. A sword again. An hourglass, which I think is wild. Oh, the timer's out. Oh. Oh, that sucks. So does Cole die? You must move backward. The number. Do I have an axe? I haven't gotten an axe. I think that's the the I'm missing, missing a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You must move backward the number of spaces that the cart says. Quick on their feet, covered in stripes. It's a thundering herd cloaked in black and white. Oh, no. We got sound effects and everything. See, now it feels more real, Nikki. <laughs> I have been noticing that. Wow. Jumanji, I'm the winner. We're safe. Uh, I think the rules stated that you had to shout oh. out its name. Mickey doesn't like that negative attention. It's kind of a teamwork thing, but needless to say, I was still victorious. Next, we went for a game we remembered from growing up, Mousetrap. We're going to be spending the next 45 minutes setting up mouse. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of pieces. Maybe we shouldn't. When I was little, we would just set up the mousetrap and not play What in the world? The goal of the game is to be the last person free of the trap. But you build the mousetrap as you go along, which I was pretty excited about. I have to build something. Here's a piece. (laughs) And you have to build the lamppost. The best part of this game is just building the trap. Two. (gasps) No! Build the final piece! Oh no! The scary, 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 okay. scary thing. Oh boy. The All right, Cole. So basically, the only way to turn the crank is to land on that spot, which Cole, Cole just so. did. <laughs> but no one's so. under the thing. So, what happens if nobody's underneath it? Okay, Cole, let's see you crank this thing. Do we do we do it if it doesn't do anything? Well, um, we can, but I, I don't know why. Well, we let's hear it. it. 
Let's hear it. Yeah, I just want to. I want right, to see just someone. Do it. All right. Oh. Oh my gosh. Oh my There goes gosh. the marble. <gasps> ah, see, it's. That, that's It's not regulation size marble. Oh, and the diamond doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Put this one back, and I bet this one will work. Yeah, put that one Here, up put there. the trap back up there. Let's do it again. Let's make sure it's right. This goes right here. We're building dramatic oh tension. Oh my gosh, this is so hard. All right. Okay. Boom. A little marble. <laughs> okay. The helping hand kind of. Oh, it works. See, wasn't that cool? Yeah. You just needed the bigger. I blame this. Oh thing. yeah. These, I mean, look at these. These are way different. Okay. Should we just call it a game on that one? Can we just tie? Yeah, sure. Well, then who has to clean I it? I caught up. Cole has that's to clean the important it up. thing. Lastly, we, well, Jeff decided to play Boggle. What do you even do? When you're playing Boggle, you, you shake the plastic the container full of letter blocks, and you try to spell as many words as you can from the available letters. If someone finds the same word you do, no one gets to count it. Player with the most points at the end wins. This is the game where you see who can put together the best three-letter words. <laughs> okay, you guys ready? No, uh, oh, time's up already. Jeez. Die, D-I-E. Okay. Wait. Where do you see that? No, they, it has to be in order. It so does? The I would have to be here and the E would have to be here. Well, then I feel like I didn't get any worse. <laughs> Boggle was fun and it was time to leave, but we had to squeeze in one final game of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Can you tell again. us what the rules are, Mickey? Um, there are no rules. I thought you were going to say, like, I want a good, clean fight. Oh, no, I want a dirty fight. <laughs> do whatever you have to do to win. Um, okay. On your marks, get set, go. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. I, it's, it's too oh intense. God. I can't even say Wait, did you already get me? Is that it? I don't know. Well, it seems like we're just like everybody else, and we enjoy a good board game from time to time. A huge thank you to Good Move Cafe, as there's hardly a better place to play games with your friends. I'm Mickey Randall for Screen Cleaning. Thanks for listening. Wow, Mickey, great work on that package. Uh, I owe it all to you guys. There would have been no good material without you. Well, And playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I learned a lot about myself <laughs> and a lot about the two of you playing games with you. And I, we kind of talked about this yesterday just in our own conversation that if you want to get to know somebody, see what they're like playing games. You get a really good idea of what somebody's like. And first of all, it's a shame we th- didn't get around to Monopoly. That's the right. one that really. Ooh, <laughs> that's when you Another know. Another time. <laughs> yeah, that gives you a, like an apoco- apocalyptic snapshot, you know, like. Here's what's going to happen when everything goes south. The opposite of whatever team building <laughs> is in a company is right. playing is Monopoly. Monopoly as well, a first of all, I want to say I think the two of you were very civil and were very good sports. I, I don't know that I appreciated Mickey winning every game. But that couldn't be helped. I mean, I don't play so. games with me, I guess, if you don't like okay. <laughs> if you don't I, like Mickey losing. is a winner. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's what I learned about myself, Okay. I've never been somebody that likes to spend a ton of time figuring out how to play a new game. 
Like if the if the rules take you all night to figure out how to play the game, that's not the type of game I'm interested in. So I don't do a lot of strategy games or like those. You know, I don't want to say really nerdy games, but the Big ones that, heavy boxes, right? Mm-hmm. The ones that gamers like. If you're calling yourself a gamer, yeah, that's not me. And you guys may have gotten a little taste of that when we were playing two very simple games that <laughs> he had I, little patience for Jumanji, <laughs> for right? Jumanji. And and Mousetrap. Really so I had played both of those as a kid, but as you were reading the rules, I was just totally tuning <laughs> out. So. Me, I kind of like the familiar. I like what's safe. And that the same could be said when I'm ordering something off of a menu. I don't like to take a lot of chances. I like to stick with what's safe. Hmm. What I'm you, the opposite. Really? <laughs> so I there is nothing cooler than learning a new game and just like finding out the different nuances to each one. I love the kinds of games that have a lot of different ways to win. That the more you play it, the more you realize different strategies work. Yeah. There's a, a lot of deck building games. These are the nerdy games that Jeff ignores, but like <laughs> Dominion or uh, there's this, like a sushi roll kind of game. And there is it called Sushi Go? Yeah, Sushi Go. I love Sushi Go. So it's a very simple deck building, but it introduces you to the idea of different ways to win. And I love that. Catan, which uh, we had Adam Scott mention in the little beginning bit. Uh, I would love to play Cones of Dunshire sometime. (laughs) And Mickey is just good at everything she sits down and plays. Here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Can't deny it. I'm pretty lucky. But when it comes to things like Boggle, where you have some skill involved. To be fair to you guys, I play that on a regular basis. And I had played it once before, and I think I was seven. I just don't like loud noises. That's why I never played Boggle. Still, Boggle's not my favorite. And, I mean, this might give you another idea into my – or another snapshot into my personality. I don't really like games that highlight – Maybe that there are other people that have more intelligence than I do in the room. <laughs> you mean like going to an arcade and playing a trivia game against your uh, Hey coworkers? now, hey now, wait a minute. Before I before we get to Nickelcade, I want to mention even though I'm hesitant to learn new games because I'm probably more familiar with the safe and the familiar, the few times or the times that I do sit down and take the time to learn a new game, yeah, I may look a little annoyed and a little uncomfortable and like I don't want to be here or be doing this. When I've heard it, heard the person out that's saying, no, really, you're going to love this game and I've taken the trouble to learn the game, I usually – end up loving it, and then I latch onto it, and I teach other people <laughs> that game. game. Then it I becomes it, your familiar, right. and you like it again. Right. Sushi, Sushi Go was like that. There's a game, There's an amazing game called Guillotine that's oh, just yeah. like that. I love Guillotine. So, yeah. I guess what we're trying to say here is take the time to learn a new game. Be willing to get outside of your comfort zone, and you're going. You're not going to regret it. And thanks again to Good Move Cafe here in Provo, which Absolutely. gives you a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to try different games you've never even seen before. Over a thousand games, such a huge collection. Right, so right. many games, so fun. So They're awesome, Nikki or Nikki. <laughs> That's a combination of my name and Nickel Kate. Right, which we're actually going to talk about <laughs> right now. We had a great time at an arcade. We won't say which one. But we learned a lot about each other at this arcade. Similar to when you play board games together. Mm-hmm. Here we kind of split up, though, and all tackled our different kinds and different favorites when you go to an arcade. Right, right. And Mickey has put together a wonderful package that we'll listen to here in just a moment. But we wanted to give you a few tips 
that will help make your arcade experience more fun, more productive, and hopefully more lucrative. Healthy, maybe too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, healthy. So I don't know about you guys, but when I go to the arcade, since I, you know, I'm just exchanging tickets. For essentially stuff that's going to end up in the garbage or in my tummy, right? So I want to focus on having a great time. But two other thoughts that I have every time I go to an arcade. First of all, I think, are these people just preparing them to become gamblers later on in life? Because you kind of get in this mode where, like, oh, if I just keep continuing on with this I game, didn't get it this then time, I'll win but I'll get it the time. next time. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other thought I have is. I'm going to be sick after I leave this arcade. A lot of small hands have played air hockey at that place. Right. And that's that's not to throw any arcade under the bus. I don't know that you can really have a squeaky clean arcade. Yeah, you it's can't. Just, it's the nature of the business. You have these this constant flow of grubby, dirty little hands that touch all the same buttons and levers and screens. And so I would I would suggest taking hand sanitizer and before you leave that place and those kids start shoveling all the candy in their mouths that they just got with their tickets squirt some of that hand sanitizer which we call hanitizer in our house. My <laughs> wife is constantly Cheer. saying, "Why isn't it just called hanitizer?" It makes sense. Uh, yeah, if you'll do that, you'll have an even better time and nobody will get sick. So you talk about shoveling candy in your mouth. We also had different strategies when it comes to what prizes mm-hmm. we want at the end. I'm right. I'm a saver. Um, in my life, I am very uh, penny-pinching and I, I save everything I possibly can. I go to the Nickelcade once a month or so and I have been saving my tickets mm. for Which years. Which is smart. If you're a frequent visitor... Do that. Right. I, however, do not go quite that frequently. So I like to see an immediate return for my money. My advice is, I'm, I'm sorry about this, Jeff, don't get the candy. What? Because the candy you can buy across the street. I guess I am cheaper. an adult and I have right, money. Right, right. I understand why, why you yourself purchased the candy. Just because there's maybe nothing really there that you'd want. But, but it takes a further trip than just your local Walmart to find a cool skull ring. Exactly, which okay. I got three of. Now, hear me out. To be fair, I don't usually go to the arcade by myself. I'm usually <laughs> going true. with kids. So I usually don't redeem any of the tickets for myself to get any candy. Mm-hmm. But since I was by myself and I didn't want a piece of plastic that was just going to get thrown in the trash, I thought I'm just going to get some candy and at least have some temporary. Right. So that's why I'm Which also good for, for that time, a good strategy. Cole, I'm also a saver, but not in the same regard as you, because I like to savor the candy that I, <laughs> oh. that I get with my tickets. So I would say if you want the biggest prize, the best thing to do is combine all of your tickets. So now let's go to the package. We'll hear what we played, what we didn't play, and how much fun we had at Nickel Arcade, Nickel Arcade. And who won? Everyone has an arcade memory, right? Maybe you saved up your quarters when you were a kid, or maybe you grew up with your own digital arcade in the house, but you watched your favorite TV characters attend and enjoy the arcade. Either way, arcades are an American staple, and they still have them around today, but in various forms. So, in the spirit of doing fun activities, we decided to visit one. This particular version of an arcade is fairly common in our area and deals with nickels. You pay an admission price, and then you are able to convert as much money as you like into nickels, which you can then use on the games. You play the games, you win tickets, and then you exchange the tickets for prizes. 
To spice things up a bit, we decided to have a competition of sorts. We each spent $5 on nickels. Whoever got the most tickets at the end would be the winner. But first, we had to scope out the arcade. Okay, so let's figure out what games are around here. They're mostly new. Oh, ski ball, which Cole, I'm pretty good at. Cole said he's like a ski ball champion. And Papa Shop. A right. lot of games of chance. Cole's playing Zombie Snatcher. Cole already knows what he's playing. Then we were off. Now, Jeff chose to play a variety of different games, mostly those based off of game shows. I am first going to go to Deal or No Deal, and I'm going to pay for 100 tickets as opposed to 200 tickets. And I had seven tickets in my personal case. Well, it certainly helped me prolong my nickels, but didn't give me very many tickets. Hopefully I'll better luck at the next game. Welcome to Wheel of Fortune. Uh, Marty Frost Parade. Oh, I got this. And of course I'm right. Let's see your total. Twelve tickets. Come on. Alright. Cole liked the sports games the most. It's a little quieter over here with NFL Blitz 2000. Trick to Papa Shot is just getting your stroke down. Close cousin to Papa Shot, of course, is NFL Two Minute Drill. Let's work on my uh, work on the old spiral here. But perhaps the most exciting moment of the day was when Cole won the jackpot on Flappy Bird, which is an arcade game based off a smartphone application. Okay, my heart is racing. I just got the daily high score on Flappy Bird. And I got 191 tickets from it. And no one is around to see what amazing of an accomplishment this is. It is quite possibly a highlight of my life. I ended up doing the same thing I always do when I come to these nickel arcades. I spent all of my money on one of those token push games where you shoot tokens in the hopes of knocking prizes, in this case tickets, off of the edge. The theme of this particular machine was Wizard of Oz. And the trick here is to find the machine with the prizes in good positions before you even start. And I have to say, I did pretty well, despite Jeff doubting me. I'm looking over at Mickey right now, and she's wasting her time on this Wizard of Oz game where you try to knock all the nickels and prizes down. Yeah, you don't get big tickets there. She doesn't know what she's doing. Limited plays. Got, I'm getting so many plays. 55 coins. After a few rounds of Jeff versus Cole games. Cole, I challenge you to some trivia over here. Ooh, Marvin Gaye's hit Mercy, Mercy Me. Sly Stone? Uh, Stevie Wonder. Oh, we were both wrong. It was Marvin Gaye, oddly enough. While viewing an operation on the show Seinfeld, what kind of candy does Kramer and Jerry drop in the body? I'm going to cover my answer to Cole as a copy. Dang it, he got it right. How did you know that? I cheated. Junior Mints. You cheated? You saw me? Dang it. I have seen three episodes of Seinfeld. It was time to tally the tickets and get the prizes. So I got about 400. Okay, we're, here's the moment of truth. I spent $5. How many tickets did I get? 216? Cole got that much in one game. Oh, boy. 
I got 325, which is more than Jeff. And really, that's what it's all about. Right. Who cares? In the end, we're all winners. I mean, I got a brand new fidget spinner, and it's really shiny. For Screen Cleaning, I'm Mickey Randall. Thanks for listening. about screen cleaning, you know that we are all about movies here. And one of the most interesting movies that we've seen this year is Escape Room. If you're not familiar, it's about a bunch of people with various intriguing backgrounds that all end up playing a mysterious escape game in the hopes of winning $10,000. However, they come to find out that this isn't just a game, they're playing for their lives. Sound familiar? It's basically a PG-13 saw. It may not be the best movie in the world, but it's definitely a good time. And speaking of good times, Cole and I are no strangers to the real escape room phenomenon, and we've both completed a few real-life rooms before. However, until recently, Jeff had never had the pleasure of participating in an escape room, so, you know, we just had to try one out. Ideally one where we could all get out alive. And we found just the one. It's called Get Out Games, and it was excellent. Now, if you've never done an escape room, they go like this. You and your team are locked in a room for approximately one hour, in which you're given a set of codes and clues that must be figured out in order to escape the room. At Get Out Games, the game is closely monitored by staff, so you know you're safe the whole time. Players at Get Out Games also have the opportunity to ask for hints, Uh, an opportunity we may or may not have taken advantage of several times. Most escape rooms are themed, and this particular escape room required the screen cleaning team to disable a nuclear reactor. Alrighty guys, gather over here. Welcome, welcome. So, after talking to you a little bit, and by the looks of you, I'm assuming you're Professor Von Schnitzel's elite minds, right? (laughs) Yes, that's correct. Very high IQ, (laughs) but I was told to give this obviously never-been-opened top-secret letter Mm -hmm. to his elite minds. So, if one of you wants to read this out to the group, um, I'm going to get in a bomb shelter miles and miles away. Call my wife till I love her, uh, but I have faith in you guys. Okay. Uh, Thank you. What does it, it makes say? me nervous, you guys. Greetings. If you are reading this message, I fear the worst. I discovered a new gas that I proudly named Schnitzelgen. It cools the reactor wonderfully, but if inhaled quickly, causes insanity. A leak in the coolant system puts anyone in the facility at risk of exposure and also could lead to a nuclear meltdown. Those in this room have been scheduled to prevent a nuclear crisis. Here is what you'll need to do. Uh, one... Turn off the coolant system. Two, cut all power to the main reactor. Three, seal the reactor room upon your exit. Thanks for responding in our hour of need, Professor von Schnitzel. Oh my gosh, that scares me. Oh my gosh, there's already gas. A note to all of you escape room junkies listening at home, it's very important that the escape room clues stay secret, so I'm going to be very vague for a lot of it here. If you want to know exactly what I'm talking about, you'll just have to visit an escape room of your own.
So we had our mission written down, luckily, and it was time to get going. <laughs> okay, I've got something here that says look up five inches. That might come in handy. Alright, so which is another box. We need four numbers to open up that Four numbers. Yeah. Okay. Here's some measuring tape with numbers on it. I've got a heater. Procedures. We've got a glove. Measuring tape okay, has we have several also hundreds of numbers on them. We should talk about how smoky it is in this room. Do yeah. We quickly discover that each of us has our own sort of strategy or, or maybe methodology, if you will. For instance, mine was nothing is a clue. Okay, do you think this, is, this means anything that this one penny is silver instead of bronze? I would, I doubt it, but you know, <laughs> never say never. <laughs> Jeff's okay. was, everything is a clue. Okay. Turn and on my inside of the thermos, the smoke is I've got some money. A bunch of coins. Oh, a bunch of coins. Like a ton of them. I'm going to count this money. And see what okay. I find out. And Cole's okay. was circumnavigate the expectations of the room's creators. Oh, Cole! There's, Cole there's, is trying there's to no reach way. The with Can he pull it off? There's already so. Oh my much. goodness! He's got it. There's no way. He got the key and the measuring tape. I can't believe that. So first we had to shut off the coolant, which required a series of locks, keys, and codes. So we've also got a... Did you find this key? No. I found the key with that was right here. All right. So I've got two keys in my hands. Okay. That's quite a number of keys. There's some sort of code here. Let it be known, I'm the only one that hasn't found a key, and I feel a little left out. <laughs> what color block are you open? What are I going to use these gloves for? That worries me. A fashion statement. That's what we're going to use those gloves for. Yeah, I really think you are. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know if these guys think what I'm doing is valuable, or if they're just trying to keep me distracted so that they can work. There we go. Okay, turn it off. Yeah, we did it. And you got a magnet. Okay, this has got to be important, right? Yeah. Wait, then we had to unlock the door to the reactor. And we shut off. We did. We've done step one of step three. Step two is cut all power to the main reactor. That means we gotta get in. Got to get in into there. This big room with this scary-looking green thing. The door was locked with not one, not oh, two, but boy. three locks and an additional bonus key. The process was lengthy. Here's the moment of truth. Oh, did it work? Yeah, we got that. This could be it, folks. Yes! Is it? We're, in. We're in! Okay. As could be expected, there are a series of misdirections in an escape room. Jeff was particularly good at finding those. Look, 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 look. You're making smoke come out. Oh, boy. How'd you do that? I didn't. Oh, maybe that's just where it comes out. Oh, it's also possible another one of the keys is going to come from something we have in right. order. Right, have to figure out the codes to Two, a lot of four, these. 6, 8, 10, 12, 13 dimes. I'm either going to, by the end of this, I'll either be a genius or a complete fool. Can they both be true? Or, wait, 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 what if you, maybe it's here and we need to bring it over to this. So, Cole, move, yeah. move it around and I'll see if it's... 
Back here, back here, Cole. Oh. Oh, we're like, once again <laughs> staring us right in the okay, face. Get that, Cole. In the end, we were so close to shutting down the nuclear reactor and escaping the room, but never did figure out this box. And I may have dropped a key piece of evidence that we had to spend a fair amount of time looking for. Mickey, Mickey, no pressure, no pressure at all with four minutes and 30 seconds left as she dials this Da Vinci Code looking device. Really finicky looking. So what do we Wait, I don't think. Oh, there we go. There we go. Something fell. Something (laughs) fell. And where did it go? I don't know. It hit my foot. Oh boy, we're down to our final minute. One minute until nuclear reactor. Okay. Temperature is 5100 degrees. Where did we begin? What was the first thing we did? It all comes down to this. Three. Oh no. Oh well, can't win them all, I guess. And if you think about it, it could have been a lot worse. We could have ended up like those people from the movie. I mean, at least we had a good time. A huge thank you to Get Out Games for making this segment possible. If you find yourself in the Provo or Salt Lake area, definitely check them out. I don't know about you guys, but I had a fantastic time going to that escape room. Mm-hmm. If only we could do it again. Yes. Yeah, give us another chance. <laughs> right. We can definitely get out. <laughs> right. So um, we didn't see. We went to the escape room together. We did not see the movie Escape Room, all three of us together. Cole and I, I took you to see that for your birthday, Cole. You did. It was mm-hmm. nice. And um, I, I probably had more fun doing the escape room than watching escape room, even though the movie is kind of fun, too. More fun than it should be or deserves to be. But what's interesting is I, I've always felt like I do so much better when I'm under the gun. And I've always, I, I don't want to say I've always been a procrastinator, but throughout college I was always a procrastinator but it <laughs> and so when like... you give them a large ticking clock above the right. door right. you can't you can't procrastinate and in college it worked for me like I, some of my best work came from saving something until the last minute and in this case it just didn't work for me like well, I didn't do my best work when I only had one hour or whatever it to was to be fair we kind of started slow but we picked up the pace we once did. that clock because they'll buzz at you every mm-hmm. 10 minutes or so and... you kind of have to get into the flow of doing it and it becomes a really good brain exercise really good teamwork yes. exercise I have to say though you did pretty well, well you were a first you. time escaper even though attention well. to detail was yeah, good. Right. Well, a little, as you know, we heard in the package, maybe a little too much attention <laughs> to detail. But you guys, I'm just so grateful that I had there, had you there with me because, as you mentioned, I've never done this before. And you guys, it was like old hat for you. And if we could go again, we might go with a little bit larger of a group. Right. Three people. For sure. Three almost, rough. yeah, it's not enough. And it helps you get into the flow because I've been, I've been to an escape room with like eight people and you just all kind of scamper at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And even a couple people have time to kind of slowly work into it. Right. But once everyone's just shouting what they're seeing, you kind of get started. And you don't miss little things like the one key that we were missing for the longest oh, time. Man. So what could we have done differently? I think we overthought too many things. Really? There were some things that were so easy, like all of the hints we asked for, which you won't hear in this because we don't want to give any away, anything away. But 
we just all we had figured everything out. We just needed to put two and two together. Do you think it's possible to be more organized at the beginning and say, okay, the two of you are going to work on this, the two of you are going to work on that? Or do you feel like everything is so connected that you all have to work through everything together at once? Bring all the clues. Generally, there's a table in every escape room that I've been in. Just Mm -hmm. bring everything you find, put it on that table, and sift through it later. Like, you just got to scamper, see what you see, then figure it out. And I don't think this is giving away too much. And this is something we didn't do early on. And we didn't do it early enough. And, and good enough, yeah. if there's something with drawers or a desk, <laughs> make sure to open every single compartment. And check – like have a little checklist in your brain. Like I got right. that one, that one, that we one. We were finding drawers that we hadn't opened when we had like 10 minutes left. Yeah. That was kind of a big oversight on our part. I don't know. Any any other tips that we could give the listeners on on how to be more successful in getting out? Expect the unexpected because some escape rooms will throw you a twist. Sometimes there will be an entire room that you didn't expect. And in mm-hmm. this one, everything Ooh. was kind of there. But I've been in other ones that just have different twists. And so just be ready for anything. Open, you know, try to go logically, open things in order, and then be ready to tackle entirely different scenarios when they come across you. And sometimes things are not... As they seem, and sometimes there are shortcuts, mm-hmm. which we found out about <laughs> some in this creative right. solutions. Right. right. Well, I I can't wait to go with you guys again. I, I hope to do that real soon. And again, big thank you to Get Out Games. I had a blast. I really did. I went home raving to my wife <laughs> and saying, we've got to do this. And I, I started going through all of our drawers and finding all the, the locks and keys <laughs> that I could maybe put together an escape room for my kids. I'd say all our screen cleaning field trips were a success this mm-hmm. past week. We oh, had yeah. fun playing just different kinds of games all across. Board games, escape room games, and uh, arcade games. And I think we figured out that we actually agree with each other and get along better when we're playing games than when we're talking about, about movies. movies. <laughs> oh, well. And speaking about talking about movies... And things we disagree about. Cole talked about the Oscars, or he teased it earlier on in the show. When we come back, we're going to get out of the shallow end of our discussion here, and we're going to dive into the deep end of our Oscars post-mortem discussion. That's up next on Screen Cleaning. We're far from the shallow now. It's very fitting that we exited our last segment by going out with an Oscar winner, Lady Gaga, and her song, Shallow. Mm. I also noticed that, didn't Mark Ronson co-write the song? He did. He's the guy behind uh, Uptown Funk, right? Mm -hmm. So the Uptown Funk guy now has an Oscar Oscar as well. So yeah, she's one of the many... Well, one of the 24 categories that won an Oscar this weekend. Green Book, obviously, was the big winner of the night, winning three Oscars, I believe. Uh, Best Picture, Best Screenplay, as well as Best Supporting Supporting Actor, Actor, Mahershala Ali. Now, a lot of people online are not happy that Green Book won. but So I'm, I am a little bit mad that Green Book won. I didn't think it was that good. But to be fair, I didn't think any of the best pictures <laughs> were that good. I counted down my list because I'm a nerd that keeps track of how much I like every single movie I see in the year. And Black Panther was at the top of the Oscar-nominated ones. I saw all eight, now officially. And it was my 17th favorite movie 
that came of out. The year. That was. Huh. Okay. Interesting. So I didn't. Uh, I mean, I didn't like Green Book, but I didn't particularly like any of them. So it's fine. You know, I did like Green Book, and I actually liked it more the second time when I could go see it without a set of critical eyes and just enjoy it. Hmm. However, I watched a movie last night that really put things into perspective for me. Green Book one. People are saying that it's the worst best picture winner since Crash back in 2006, I believe. I think, and it's just got some like thematic similarities to Crash, which is sure. where it draws that. Um, and I, but I really enjoyed Green Book. However, I watched a movie last night with my wife that I, I always felt like should have won the Oscar for best picture, but did not. Brokeback Mountain? No. When it was robbed by Crash? No. <laughs> La La Land. We watched La La Land. I finally watched a 4K Blu-ray on oh, my 4K no. player. Hey, that's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. That's a good choice. And I was just blown away by it again. I was in love with that movie, and it boggles the mind when you consider Green Book did win and La La Land did not. That put things into perspective for me. It's okay when your favorite movie doesn't win. It still gets to be a movie. Right. And Jeff finally got to see something right. on his 4K Okay, so I want to hear some of our thoughts on the telecast. Mickey, I understand that you watched the entire I did. Broadcast. I watched all, however long it was, three hours. More than three hours. And what were some of your thoughts? So we've got no hosts this year, which I actually think worked very well. Mm-hmm. There were no, you know, I think, I don't really like the the little skits or the... The gags where the, they go surprise right, normal like, people like we're famous. <laughs> what about right. like the the little movies that people insert themselves into? Like Billy Crystal has those little movie I don't montages. Mind the monologue, that hasn't really but happened think, since Billy Crystal, yeah, so we don't know what you're true. talking about. I don't about. mind the opening monologue, but I think the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph at the beginning kind of filled that hole. Okay, and so you're still laughing, you're still kind of getting that. And it was film focused. There were still bits of comedy, like Melissa McCarthy wearing all of the costumes from every single best costume nominee. I just thought they were wearing bizarre costumes. I didn't realize until oh, yeah. after the fact that it was a you know an amalgamation. They of, were based yeah. on everything. So I think jokes like that worked very well. Were very funny, um, and they. I think it was it went very well without the host. We don't even need one anymore. Okay, I want to give Bold. you some of my thoughts. You know, they have a lot of the the consolation prize for the people that were not even nominated that probably should have, you know, movies like Eighth Grade. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people thought if Beale Street could talk or Hereditary should have picked up some nominations. They didn't. So we got a, a, a consolation prize of sorts in that Elsie Fisher got to make a very brief appearance. And my my complaint is that it was a very brief appearance. Like It was almost like she wasn't even there. Um, this is the sole award that Vice won. It won for hair and makeup. Now, there are three winners of this award that you will hear, and they have three very different strategies of how to present or how to <laughs> accept. accept an award. Let's hear this. We may talk over some of it. Uh, thank you, Anna Perna, our great director, Adam McKay, uh, Christian Bale. What a... Oh, you're here. <laughs> The two women show up. Oh, imagine that. Go ahead. They showed up. Now you start talking. Okay. Who's going to read that? They pull out a list. No, you read no, it. No, I already did. Oh, uh, plan, plan B, Gary Sanchez. The woman She's with so the list. Nervous. Academy members. Nervous to the point of not being able to talk. Fellow yeah. nominees from the UK and Sweden. The and one that who, poor gal is too short for the mic. Too short for the mic lowers. You're, you're fantastic. You're so great to work with and create with and everything. Thank you. Amy Adams, thank you for bringing us up to your level of commitment. Not bad. 
Sam, she can't breathe. Sam She's Rockwell so nervous. And the 150 other SAG members. Great job. Susan, oh, oh, Susan no. Matheson. Jeff Waxman. And uh, um, just a little Jennifer too slow. Jennifer. Uh, yeah, that, that guy. Yeah. All Our right. DP, this Greg is Frazier, horrible TV. Cue the music. And Paula Williams, Jamie Kelman, Adrian Oh no, Moreau. there's music playing. No, I'll actually yeah. read the list that I had this whole time. Balls. Right. Chris Gallagher. Too late. And the producers are like, wrap it up, wrap it up. Here's wrap it where up. they cut off the mic. Eric Horn, Brian Wade. Right. There. Okay. And by this and they're point, still also, talking. the camera has panned out. Yeah. Like we can't okay. see them so, anymore. Now, now to be fair to these three. Uh, Awards winners. I they imagine have more Oscars than we do. Yes, <laughs> first they do. Mm-hmm. I imagine Probably more money. So to be fair to them, I'm sure it would be incredibly nerve wracking to find out that you've won and you're not used to necessarily being in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why people talk one at a time instead of three people at once because you start talking over one another. One person has the list. The other person who doesn't have the list is trying to peek over and read the list. And they had three very different strategies, and it was painful to watch. The last funny thing about this, and and we're going to get into our predictions and how they turned out, but everyone predicted them to win. This wasn't a huge shock. Right. Us? Like, Like, Vice was pretty, across the board, predicted to win in this category, and they still acted like they'd never been there before. Okay, Cole. How do you think you pronounce the name of the... Producer that was nominated for Black Panther for Best Picture. Paul F-E-I-G. But how do you say it? Paul Feig. I want to I want to put out there a different pronunciation that somebody somebody named him or somebody referred to him as Paul Feige. It was one of the other winners for Black Panther. Interesting. So we have somebody in the Black Panther camp that called him Paul Feige. Let's so, adopt it. I don't know. If Paul, I believe it. She worked with him, Mickey. I've watched she worked pl- with interviews them. with plenty of people that have worked with him. Okay. So Cole talked about some of the predictions. Let's see whether or not any of these came true. So the first one we had was that there would be jokes about the Academy 180. Though That was like the first thing mm-hmm. that came out of, of those three women's mouths. We were mouths. correct on that. Yes. Someone will be fired. Have you guys heard anything about that yet? I haven't, but I don't imagine that they'd publicize. Unless it's like the the top dog making these decisions. Okay. The band will play off everyone. We did see a lot of that. And they were cutting off mics left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Gaga will act shocked when she wins best song and hug Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah. Did that happen? It did. And I would suggest looking up pictures of her with the Oscar afterwards. Mm. There's never been anyone as happy to win. And also their perfor- their live performance was something I went back and watched again and again and right. again. My, one of my wonderful. highlights, too. <laughs> wow. I guess I need to see the movie. And did Amy Adams quit acting after losing you know for a sixth time? I did. She did lose. I did look up her IMDb page. She yeah. has several upcoming projects she's involved with. Oh, thank goodness. And so of course, I think we're safe. My favorite prediction was that it will still not get under three hours, and it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Despite everything. Despite ha- not having a host, yeah. So unless they cut some of the awards, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, one more thing that I'll tease, which is for an upcoming show, but... Uh, I've noticed that there are a number of Oscar winners that right around the time that they win an Oscar, they either get a divorce or they break up with their significant other. Mm-hmm. The most recent example being 
Lady, Lady Gaga, Gaga, right?、Mm-hmm. It's happened to Sandra Bullock. It's happened to Damien Chazelle. It's happened to Guillermo del Toro. There's something about winning an Oscar and maybe changing your perspective on who it is you're in a relationship with. That sounds a bit like a conspiracy theory, Jeff. Interesting, because、mm. next week on Screen Cleaning, we're going to be spending the entire show talking about fan theories, the fun, the bonkers, the confirmed. You're you're gonna have a great time as we have had a great time just talking about it. But for now, as we do with each and every show, we like to do a little panning for good. There's good in them dar hills. Mickey already talked about this, but I want to re-highlight the fact that you can go to Netflix, you can go to Hulu. And rewatch a lot of those old classic Twilight Zone episodes. That is good quality TV right there.、And、Nothing screams conspiracy quite like the Twilight, <laughs> Twilight Zone. Right, and if you're a true enough fan, then you should seek out those other iterations, if for no other reason than to appreciate the original series even more and. To get you amped up and psyched for this reboot that's coming up on CBS All Access, starring and produced by Jordan Peele, who is just got—he's got his hands in everything. It seems these days,、yeah. he's got the Twilight Zone reboot. He's got a Candyman reboot coming out. He is also coming out、Us、with a movie in, in just a couple months,、yeah. very soon, and it just gives you. It, it gives you an appreciation for anthology television, which we are seeing everywhere on TV and movies these days. And I think we really have the Twilight Zone to thank for a lot of these TV shows that keep creeping up. So that's going to do it for this episode of Screen Cleaning. And as we said, join us next week when we talk fan theories, and we'll even give you some of our own. Until next week, 